0: Dumb fun. You ready? Yeah. Summer Blockbuster. Summer Blockbuster. Summer Blockbuster.
1: <laughs>
0: wow, what a barn burner of a theme song stuff.
2: Yeah, thank God we did such a uh, thorough sound check.
0: Thank you to our theme song guy, Reggie Watts, who made that theme song. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Steph, you and I are coming to uh, the podcast for for the first time ever from our living room.
2: I honestly, it's, um, y'all can't see it. We have quite the
1: view.
0: Yeah. People don't know. People don't know that Steph and I are not always in the same room when we podcast. In fact, people don't know that Steph and I have been living a love is blind type relationship for the last uh, four (laughs) years. And this is actually our first time ever in the same room together. And it turns out we like each other. Wow. Yeah. It's going great. It's going great. Uh, Steph, uh, we we had a, a Tenacious D episode ready to go or at least ready to start.
2: Have so many tabs open.
0: We tried to get many guests, um, and finally got one. We were gonna go with one. We were gonna roll with one, and yeah. then he got locked out of his house.
2: <laughs> <laughs> he is calling a locksmith as we speak. I it, think, and I, I think we've ensured that he has like shelter in the yes. meantime, right?
0: Yeah, whatever. It doesn't matter. Yeah, these comics. I don't care. Um, but we'll we'll hear from him and, and possibly someone else uh, next week. And in the interim, we want to do something we've been talking about basically all summer doing. Uh, and that's a little special episode, and, th- and this is something that we're going to do, I think, more often on the Patreon, uh, and yeah. this is just us chiming in about movies, and we're calling it...
1: I don't, we, do we to... <laughs> were calling you it hoping that would just work?
0: Summer Blockbuster, the movie of the podcast. <laughs> oh, <okay>. oh, yeah. <laughs>
2: Um, I thought you were like maybe if I just like throw her in an improv <laughs> setting that she I, notoriously loves I feel
0: like you and I have seen most of the summer blockbusters from this summer if not all and, and a yeah, number of the smaller I, movies as keen well keen-eared
2: listeners will know that we are um, A list saluting members. Nicole for the listener I'm currently
0: brag. saluting Nicole um,
2: they thank us every time and mm-hmm. that's, that's not why we do this um, but it, it does uh, really facilitate uh, a summer blockbuster watching, and so we've been quite thorough.
0: Mm-hmm. We've been quite thorough, as uh, <laughs> Julianne Moore says in The Big Lebowski, and, uh, and as I'm trying to figure out where to start. I'm looking at our AMC history and trying uh-huh. to figure out where to start. Um, like Shazam is March, that's too early. Okay. Dungeons & Dragons is April, and I don't want to talk about it. So why don't we start with, um, <laughs> with May 4th. Uh, I'm, I'm the one person in the world who didn't like the Dungeons & Dragons movie. Me and my stepdad, I think, were the two people. <laughs> and we are 50 years apart, so I don't know. It's, it seems like the problem is me, then. Anyway. What are so talking about? It. No, we're not here to talk about that. We're going to start with Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume Ooh. 3, which we saw uh, in the beautiful uh, Dolby Theater here in Chicago.
2: Um, I... Okay, so I guess here's a little... um, Do we need to talk about spoilers? Yeah, well, I was just going to say a a spoiler alert and a trigger warning (laughs) for um, people who can't do, like, animal cruelty um, Mm -hmm. storylines. Because that... uh, I I, I didn't know what was going to happen. I don't think anyone knew going in that this was going to be, like what this movie was about.
0: No, I said to you literally, that like, the night before we went to the movie, I said, do you think we're going to get Rocket's backstory at all? And you said, I don't think so. I don't think it's about that. <laughs> <laughs> I was wrong.
2: Um, and we left this movie, and what I... I guess this isn't a spoiler, but, like, you were in a funk when we left this movie. That's true. This movie, like, got to you.
0: I think I was ready... Well again this is spoiler stuff. I think I, I think I was ready for something more tragic to happen in this movie than than actually did. And in fact this movie has like a very emotional Indian in a different way like it's actually it's actually i mean
2: there's a lot of tragedy that happens in this movie it is we we do in fact get rocket raccoons tragic backstory i i mean i think you uh, and i both
0: wept through the opening uh,
2: like fully i um was not prepared and like i remember like soaking the collar of my shirt because i didn't have any clean.
0: we can talk about because it's a musical scene um, mm-hmm. Rocket Raccoon is singing along to Creep. He is playing Creep over over the Nowhere speakers where they live.
2: Which is just like, it. Um, all of the Guardians movies are so uh, uh, anchored in time via their music. And when this movie opened with Creep, I was like, oh no, it's coming for me. Yeah. <laughs> like, this, this one's going to get me. And then it did proceed to do that.
0: Because he has, in two, he gets a Zune. <laughs> you know? And so he has new music now and so that's how like that's how we come to have like Florence and Machine in the machine by the end of this movie. By the way, there is a video out there of Florence from Florence <gasps> mm-hmm, and the Machine mm-hmm. watching the end of this movie and sobbing like I did. Um and it's uh wonderful. I, I recommend it.
2: Yeah, uh, I this movie was I really love um stories that like start off being about one person or one thing and then via like the chemistry of all of the people who make the thing they grow in mm-hmm. their importance and this movie is like a great example of that because um this this uh
0: whoops at that point
2: <laughs> <laughs> you can see it too I know. um the this movie is a great example of that because it does uh, it takes the chance to like look into all of the other people and all of the other mm-hmm. relationships that have been forming, like while it was telling Peter Quill's story, and like he has stuff to do here too. Yeah, I'm not.
0: You could almost write this movie about well, but ha- how well it handles each character, um, and like you know, Nebula sort of got her thing into, and so mm-hmm. now she's like sort of more a supporting character here. Um, Gamora's story is incredible. Honestly, I like love one of the things that the like, choices
2: they make. I never for Gamora.
0: I, If I, if you would have predicted me, if you would have asked me to predict three ways they were going to go with Gamora, I wouldn't have picked pick the one that they went with, which is great.
2: I like. I would have hoped for it, and then I would have been like, no, they would never, they would never choose to like do her justice and tell this, tell her story from her perspective, and and they did that, and it was. Mm, yeah. Really satisfying. Overall,
0: for me, I, I think Guardians 1 is a perfect movie. You know that? I think it's a five-star movie. I do know that about you. I think Guardians 2 is the most underrated MCU movie. I think it's a four-and-a-half-star movie. Mm-hmm. And I thought this was a four-star movie, which, like, seems like it's like it's low compared to one, but, like, is definitely the highest. Uh, I mean, I really liked Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of the Madness, but it's, like, this is definitely the best MCU movie Since at least No Way Home, but like probably since Endgame.
2: This like felt the most like um, a fun Marvel superhero movie. Yeah. Since, yeah, since No Way Home, I think.
0: Then we went and saw, we were so hot in a room we were staying in in Louisville that we just went to, we went (laughs) and saw it again in 3D just to get out of, just to get into some air conditioning. (laughs)
2: That's really true.
0: Uh, The next movie we saw, we did a double feature stuff, uh, and we started with a movie called Sisu. (gasps) Which is not a blockbuster. No, uh, but it's a small. Um, what do we call it? Norwegian,
2: uh, Danish. I'll look it up. Um, Tell them about it. Yeah. Okay. So it Sorry. is. It's a <laughs> Sisu is a period piece um, that it fin is a Finnish okay. um, man. Uh, in World War Two, he is a prospector and he has a history as like a legendary fighter. Um, and he, but he's like, you know, put all of that behind him and he's trying to heal from his wounds. And these Nazi sums of bitches like won't let him be and come across him and antagonize him. They find he and has gold
0: basically as part of it too. Yeah. Sure.
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's like, you know, there's stuff. Um, and, he murders them all it's all and it, it's like what 90
0: minutes maybe
2: um yeah it's it's like it's 91 minutes the thing is like that one sentence is the plot but it's 90 minutes and it's like it's some of the most beautiful body horror that we've seen mm-hmm. in the last few years. Again, not
0: to bring up my stepdad again, but this is, <laughs> this is like the type of movie where, like, this and Oppenheimer are like the two types of movies I know we can connect on. And so sure. I messaged him and I was like, "You gotta see C Zoo," and he's like, "I tried." He's like, "I couldn't get into it." He's like, We're, "I'm working on it."
2: Um, it was great. It was. It was just like a lot of really beautiful um, landscape. A lot like it's like weirdly pastoral. Yeah. Um, and very violent. If, the in
0: case cinematography we haven't been clear about that.
2: and just very violent, uh, just,
0: but like that's the fun, and yeah. it's just a whole. It's, it's it's. I'm gonna call it one of my top three or four movies I've seen this year. Um, that's why I wanted to bring it up.
2: Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, you know, who doesn't love the satisfaction of of punching Nazis? Yeah,
0: and then that day uh, stuff that same that self same day we, we saw another movie about a little man trying to keep <laughs> his gold from some fascists, right? Yeah. And that movie is called the Super Mario Brothers movie. <laughs>
2: Where's the live? Where's the lie? Where's the lie? Um, that was a pivot, right? That was like a game time, like, you were like, hey, Mario's on in 20 minutes and you we can get around. dinner from the concession stand.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, we must have gotten a hot dog. I think I got a hot dog or something. We got, got jalapeno peppers. Yeah. And we, uh, we watched the Mario movie. It's fine.
2: It was, um, I, uh, I was surprised that they successfully made a new plot. For a Mario movie, and that like I was engaged the whole time. I was chuckling. Jack Black was by far the best part.
0: Again, another a great musical moment this year is great
2: musical moment. <laughs> uh,
0: his Peaches song, which has taken the youths by storm.
2: Um. So yeah, I don't like. I don't. I. I. We've never had occasion on the podcast to talk about like the Mario of our youths. But <laughs> we did both have Mario yeah, in our big youths. time. And uh it was um it was it was like a fun little it was like giving that little girl a fun little hug
0: <laughs> it's there's nothing wrong with it really it's like perfectly felt like for, it was perfectly a movie to sit through and watch like i was delighted by it <laughs> It was perfectly
2: a movie to sit through
0: <laughs> yeah but watch. i mean you don't understand like to me you know and i'm on letterbox now no one knows no one knows i, I told one person i'm on Letterboxd. i don't that's not i'm not writing reviews i just starred them and archived them but like Three stars to me is like, if you can't make a three star movie, you shouldn't be making movies. Yeah, <laughs> like uh-huh. three stars is the basic a movie should be is just like watchable. I can sit there and I'm, I'm not horrified or bored yeah. Um, for the entire time that it's running. And that was this Mario movie to me. It was like, there was a couple of, ch- like no big laughs, but a couple of nice chuckles and like fun casting and, yeah. and just a fun movie. Yeah. It's, it's one of three animated movies we saw this year. And, uh, uh, I think it's about, well, we'll get to that later. Um, yeah, right.
2: I love, I love, put a pin in that for a question that you asked me in real time two days ago. Okay.
0: <laughs> um, can we talk about the Charlie Day movie, Fool's Paradise?
2: Ooh, I would love to. Another
0: one that's not a uh, blockbuster.
2: I, like, you told me that about this movie, we were, this was like at a time that I was like in between classes, or in between um, semesters, and like had just a little bit more time to be doing stuff, mm-hmm. and... We had a list of movies that we were going to see, and I think that you told me about this movie maybe seven times before I finally understood and remembered what it was, and I think that last time was like, we were sitting down in the theater and Charlie Day's face was on the screen.
0: (laughs) Which is funny, because then the movie starts, and I was like, oh, it's not quite what I thought it was at all. (laughs) I thought it was about like a silent movie star, which it kind of is. It's about a guy who can't talk and sort of gets dumped on the streets and becomes a a big star, sure, and sort of so it's sort of this like i don't know c plus written satire,
2: yeah, it's like um, I really love watching people's passion projects and like watching the things that they have clearly been ruminating on for years. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love... I mean, you know, when they're successful, they're amazing. And and even when they're not successful, like, I still mm-hmm. love watching that. And this is sort of more the latter of that. But, like, there are really fun moments in it. Um, I was surprised at, like, how... You know, we left the Mario movie and talked about it for maybe,
0: like... Two, three minutes. I don't know. It's not like... Some movies we talk about the whole... We talk about Oppenheimer for, like, an an hour, (laughs) a two-hour drive (laughs) Um, afterwards.
2: And we left Philip's Paradise, and we, like, fucking talked about it off and on for that entire day.
0: That's true. Um, uh, he, just, he's great in it.
2: Yeah, it's a great performance. It's like there, a good
0: script, not a great script, but <laughs> right. but he—it's a really interesting
2: watch. Um, there, there are a bunch of like really fun cameos. Um, it's trying to say something about fame, fame and success, and like who gets to do things and what, how
0: much power the maybe the famous person actually has, and
2: like what benefits what benefit of the doubt people get and like whether or not that can be earned. Which and, is why in
0: the long run you're just like, oh, poor you, Charlie Day. Yeah, right,
2: exactly. <laughs> and then you leave it and you're like, oh, I just watched that movie. So like maybe what you have to say is is a little biased, Yeah, Charlie Day. I
0: paid to see your movie. I didn't pay you. I paid A&C and presumably they threw you something because I got your your ticket in the app. Um, Well... I guess let's move on to the next movie we saw in theaters. We saw this movie, I'm going to call it Opening Night, uh, May 18th. Uh, we're still in May, by the way. These are all movies that we just saw in May. This
2: is, I think this is like exactly the the one week that I had that between of... a final and a new class starting.
0: Well, we saw another indie that week and it's a movie called Fast 10. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which was, I guess, I want to open by talking about Jason Momoa. Please. Jason oh. Momoa is uh, is the highlight of this movie and is the best he's ever been in this movie. I think.
1: I
2: I I don't know how I knew that this was in him, but I did know that this was in him. But I also knew that like he has not been unleashed in this way y- yet.
0: He's so funny. You're, you're, he, there's a point where he he gets punched by Dom Vin Diesel, and then he goes, "Oh, you butthole." <laughs> It's, and it works. It works. It's so fun. He, he is the highlight of it. I don't know if the movie works as a whole. I don't know where this this whole thing's going. It kind of seems like at the last second, Vin Diesel was like, let's move this yeah, a Okay.
2: Partner. So the Fast movies are um, beautiful. Mm-hmm. They are film with a capital F. And if you disagree i you're wrong and fight me but it's time um, to get out they have they' but, have
0: influenced cinema yes. more more than anyone will ever admit and, and and now they're kind of like the action scenes in this movie weren't there was nothing that like really left me going like holy shit the way that some of the ones in the other one have.
2: yes, it was just it and like nothing nothing was surprising there's even like a sequence where where they sort of like lay out the um the meta reality of like okay you're telling me that this guy went from like the best mechanic on the block who also was the best drag racer in town to Multiple missions for fictional government organizations. Like they went to space last time, uh-huh. and and like that's all in this one sequence. And like me in the audience, I'm like holding my little. I'm like, I guess we didn't actually get him. I'm looking over at the the custom fast car popcorn oh, yeah. tin, and I'm like, fuck yeah, they did. It was great. <laughs> yeah, but like, but they did that, and yeah. now it's done, and. This movie doesn't need to be two movies. I don't know why no. it's two movies. But... Ho-
0: hopefully they really come hard in this last one and fuck us up, but um, There's it's, a great... it's time to get out.
2: Okay, I do also, I want to, I don't want to not talk about um, the beautiful fight sequence between Michelle Rodriguez and Charlize Theron. Oh, yeah. That's like... That's been, true. It's, like, been building for a few movies, and they really just let it all out, and it's great. Um, also, I remember when John Cena, like, power bombs <laughs> he, someone through a floor. Well,
0: specifically, <laughs> and, you know, I take any opportunity to talk about wrestling on, on this podcast <laughs> that I can. He does his finishing move, the AA, on someone through a floor. It's incredible.
2: Um, it's incredible. Like, I, you know... Get there, your money, Ben, I guess.
0: But still there there are more wrestling moves in Spider Man No Way Home than there are in Fast 10. <laughs> um, let's see what we saw next, Steph. Um oh, okay. So this is a this is a heavy one for me. This is a contender so far for movie of the year. Uh and it's Spider Man across <gasps> the Spider Verse.
2: okay. Do me a favor. If you haven't seen Either of the animated, so I know that they're, look, okay.
0: Look, we know there's a lot of spider There are a million
2: Spider-Men, and they're, they're they. we can talk on a different podcast about their virtues, maybe, but, and I get that, like, Spider-Man, to the movie, the someone, coming soon, if, to you Patreon. Don't, if you don't, <laughs> if you don't, if you don't feel like you give a fuck about a Spider-Man movie, I understand, and there's nothing wrong with you these are the Spider-Man... Like, go see these ones. Mm -hmm. Because the animation is, like... And and like already has changed the animation game, as yeah. evidenced by Teenage TMNT. Yeah. We'll talk about it in ten minutes. Yeah, Teenage Mutant uh, Ninja
0: Turtles does not happen unless the animation style. Which is funny because I think they are two different things. I think that um, Spider-Man is very much a comic book style, and yes. TMNT is like a notebook style. Yes, yes. But, and, but
2: but like I don't think that it's TMNT doing... is allowed
0: to do what it's doing right. unless Spider-Man makes a billion dollars doing yes, what it's yes. doing.
2: Um and. I was um, I was skeptical about a follow up to Into the Spider Verse. Like that movie was so that movie <sighs> left my jaw on the floor and also like made me weep uh-huh. with just family emotions. Yeah. Um. And so I was really skeptical about a follow up, and they fucking nailed it.
0: They nailed it. Um. So that first one, I, I think that first one's great. I didn't like. I wouldn't head over heels for it the way everyone. I ever know. I'd probably call it a four star movie. Maybe four and a half. This one's definitely four and a half to me. And the only reason it's four and a half, and this is kind of a spoiler, but I think it's pretty much out there at this point, is that it's a cliffhanger and that it like almost (laughs) doesn't, like you're sort of, when it's really, it goes the whole time, it doesn't stop. And then like right at the end, you're like, wait, how are they going to wrap all this up? And And then you realize that it's it's it's,
2: really not until the last like five minutes that you, that it sort of sinks in and like no one knew really that it was going to be um a cliffhanger but it's really not until the last five minutes that you're like oh fuck they're really just gonna make okay okay and so like okay, between fine. the animation
0: style and the wags the the sag strike and the wga strike like we're not gonna see that fucking movie until 2028 i'm sure <laughs> i do think okay and then uh, a couple other things i want to say about this movie I, again it's incredible the acting is incredible the art is incredible uh uh, the they they did a whole Spider-Man movie with a villain I had never heard of before <laughs> called The Spot, played by Jason Schwartzman. Uh, and he's incredible, even though arguably there's a different villain, but that's a spoiler. Um, and then oh, oh, no, I shouldn't have said that. They're coming for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the other thing I want to say is that I really think they fucked up t- titling these movies because in the mm. long run we're going to have to refer to them as a Oh, yeah. Um, like is it, what in, is this
2: one? Into, Across. Into,
0: Across, and Through.
2: And Through. Yeah, it's It's like not a damn a... Grover
0: song over here.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um. Yeah, I don't know. Any last thoughts on I, I, My personal opinion is that this movie needs to be nominated for Best Picture. Yeah, I'm in. And there, I have another Sleeper Best Picture nominee coming up that we're going to talk about. But um, I, I, I think that it's the oscars are i think everything everywhere is a is is a crux point for the oscars mm-hmm. and i think that you're gonna see maybe pop culture-y stuff in there more fingers oh, crossed
2: i don't i think that's a little bit of wishful thinking i mean uh, it's definitely
0: gonna win best animated but i guess we'll figure it we'll talk about it let's talk I'll about it more a little knock
2: on later. that wood um i don't know why i say that like i i don't know what else is coming okay um, our our next, next oh, so
0: next is Little Mermaid Which we actually spent an hour and a half talking about podcast about that and You can go listen there You can go listen to that featuring the hit song Priest with a Boner <laughs> um, uh-huh. Next and I don't mind telling you this I think we even admitted it on the podcast Actually I think I cut it out of the final <laughs> edition of the podcast <laughs> Um, so we saw the Flash. We saw the Flash in Dolby at the uh, at the AMC. Yeah. You even doesn't my, maybe my favorite. I'll never forget this about seeing the Flash in theaters. <laughs> we walk out in, of the theater and what happens, Steph?
2: I already forgot.
0: Right there in the hallway, there's someone waiting with a clipboard, and they get you to take a survey.
2: Oh. How could I forget? (laughs) Um, Yeah, I got to, like... (laughs) I got to, like, take this iPad and, like, furiously type on a thing about just how it wasn't worth it. (laughs) And and how disappointed I was that they, they, like, hinged all of their cred um, on this, like, particular iteration. When it just really...
0: (sighs) We as, didn't hate this movie. I'll, yeah, I'll be honest with you. Like
2: you were talking about a three star movie. It was a three star movie. Mm-hmm. There's, was, there was a lot
0: of fun in it. There
2: were fun. There were some fun things. Uh, there wasn't anything like earth shattering that they hadn't done in previous. Like they hadn't already shown us like fun flash sequences, right? Um, and Ezra Miller's performance Killing is, me. To say,
0: he's charismatic as fuck. I mean they. Yeah. Sorry, they are charismatic as fuck. You, like, everyone, you have to correctly gender creeps too.
2: <laughs> well, that's the thing. Usually Isn't I
0: edit name? out when I misgender people. I'm leaving it in. So we all learn a lesson.
2: Um, well, but they, they're they just like, it's a great performance. And I'm just sort of like, okay, fine. not Still not worth it. Yeah. Um, and so, it's, it's become
0: their like biggest box office bomb yeah. ever. Uh, you don't, they've, like, you lost didn't so miss much anything. It.
2: It's really great. That this, you know, karmically happened. And And, and
0: not only that, but, like, I kind of thought... I mean, again, we're talking about these movies in very vague terms. I had, Again, I had a lot of fun during the sort of meat and potatoes of this movie. Um, And then it's just... I feel like the last act sort of falls apart. Um, But uh, where was I going with this?
2: I don't know. I'm just sitting here trying to think about, like, a single thing that happened in that movie that I can remember... Well, Six, so, like, Michael one, Shannon
0: is there, later, and, like, right? he had that quote come out before that movie even came out, where he was just like, it's not satisfying being in all these multiverse movies. <laughs> it's just, it's like someone's playing with fucking action figures. It's, uh, it's there's no satisfaction out of reprising Zod for me there. Um, and, uh, and so, you see that in his performance. There's, like, nothing yeah. for him there. I don't know why he's there.
2: Michael Keaton is there. And he's great. And he's great. I I'm glad that he got to get paid. I guess. Um, <laughs> I'd like to see that Bat
0: that Batgirl movie that he's in.
2: Yeah, right. That's like on the floor somewhere.
0: The floor. <laughs> um, it's a hat tip. Rent. Go check out our Rent episode uh, starring Amanda Curley and Sean Smith.
2: So how did we recover from the Flash?
0: Well, do you do you want to say anything else about it? Was it that same day? No, it's not that same day. Okay. Um, So I guess the last thing I want to say about The Flash, though, is that the most disappointing part for me is that I kind of assumed because it was dealing with all this multiverse stuff that it was going to, like, fold up, you know, what they call the DCEU and sort of birth the DCU that James Gunn is creating. Well,
2: and I had sort of, like, and I think I sort of saw this around the internet, probably people created this narrative that, like, Ezra Miller is a creep and the studio is standing behind them because they've like hinged the next phase of all of their shit on this movie and they couldn't possibly. Right? And it's like, that's not true at all. This that's such not a throwaway movie. In this movie. It's, it's like, this movie right. exists. It is like, a popcorn. Movie.
0: Importantly in its own pocket. It's yeah. a, uh, a, a, almost a, uh, I don't want to say it's a bottle movie, but in terms of like being connected to everything else, no. yeah, it's definitely a bottle movie. It's
2: like, it is its own thing. It, it is self-contained in a way it is, like, designed to be self-contained. And, like,
0: even the after-credits sequence, what, like, we were like, okay, well, this is going to be it. Here we go. And then it's just, like, a jokey little thing with
2: uh, yeah. Momoa.
0: Yeah. Um, so he was
2: not as good as he is in Fast 10 so, so two time. days
0: later we go to the movies again for another double feature
2: Ooh, um and we this catch fun yeah
0: we catch it we catch two comedies uh-huh. um and the first one is a movie starring i call her Jul- julie louie dewey um <laughs> but her real name or her, her birth name or slave name is julia louise julia Louis Louis, Louis. julia Louis dreyfus uh, and, uh, and I don't know who the, the guy is. I'll
2: have to look that up. Um, oh, cause what, we did look him up cause he's great, but he's, he's a sort of like one of those more like character guys that, um.
0: Tobias Menzies.
2: Um, oh wow. I'm learning that people did not like this movie, but I did. Yeah. Um, it's called You Hurt My Feelings. It's another little, um, like indie feels like someone's little passion project, um, It is, it features Julie Dewey and
0: (laughs) Tobias Menzies, Menzies. and then Michaela Watkins, who's great. Uh, She has a show called, uh, uh, she has a show, of course, called, I didn't know she was on SNL. I think she was on SNL, like, with Casey Wilson and, like, gets fired at the same time, maybe. Wow. Um but she has And of course Miss Watkins, if you're
2: listening to our podcast, we think that was a, a travesty. Oh, yeah. I'm a big
0: Michaela to. Watkins fan. She has a, <laughs> I think she has a show called. No, Kendall. you are. When
2: she when she showed up in this movie, you yeah. like smacked me. Um No, I love her. Okay, well you're i t- I'm gonna talk about what happens. 'Cause so so Julia Louie <laughs> Dewey and uh Tobias are a couple who um like just have like a little a little like mis not misunderstanding. It's a it's a like something happens and uh, he hurts her feelings. Like she like overhears a conversation where he is is describing his true feelings about something and it's one of those it's a situation where like he's like, Oh, you know, like this is how I really feel but I know if I tell her it'll hurt her feelings. Mm-hmm. So I've just been lying to her. But then she overhears it and then that like spirals out and the thing about this movie is that it like it sort of doesn't it doesn't take that idea to like absurdist places it just is like yeah that's like some shit that people have to deal with all the time
0: it's like a super small comedy that is a meditation on this one idea yes in a relationship and it's um and and you you just don't see movies like that anymore and i think that's why I really loved this, even though it's, like, a fine movie. Yeah, exactly. I, I definitely exactly. recommend watching it. Um, uh, There's like also, also this
2: envelope sort of thing happening because he is a therapist, and so we also see him working with a couple of different clients. Like who, Zach Cherry yeah, is one who of them. Are, and, who are all, like, really great, fun cameos. Well, yeah, I'll spoil them. I yeah, one,
0: One's Dave Across and Amber Tamblyn. Like, like, as a couple. As, as and a, like, snipey couple. Fucking hilarious. It's very That's, great.
2: Uh, I mean, it's. It, I guess I should say definitely the parts of me that get triggered when there are real fights happening around me (laughs) got triggered by that.
0: But like, again, no one is like out of control in this movie. No Mm. one, like there, there's not like a a lot of like high social, like, again, it's, it's a, it's a meditation on this social notion and this social idea, but there's not like huge fights and people, it's not like a sitcom plot where people like aren't communicating. That's the only problem. Like, it's like very, there's a, there's a lot of this movie is almost all conversations. Like, yeah,
1: yeah,
2: very. It's a it's a it's a um, therapy hang movie.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so then we saw another comedy that, that pretty much couldn't be more opposite than that, and we we planned it <laughs> that way, uh, and it's called The Blackening, uh, and this is a movie by a Chicago uh, uh, comic.
2: This is one of my four four and a half stars of the summer. Um, it is a horror comedy.
0: Uh, directed by Tim Story, who who is a uh, accomplished director, but written by uh, Dwayne Perkins, who's a Chicago comic, uh, as well as someone named Tracy Oliver. Uh, and Dwayne is also very funny in it. We I I don't really know him. We we didn't cross over in Chicago. Um, he I think he was gone, well before I moved here. Hmm. Um, but or maybe not. <laughs> maybe we just didn't cross over in Chicago. But he sold this movie. Uh, it's incredible. I, I would like. It's got kind of a. So it's it been it, it lays some groundwork for a yeah. while, and then and then it takes off, and once it takes off, the jokes don't stop in this movie, <laughs> and they're like Truly. they're great jokes. They're like jokes that like are very like now. Um, this movie like really has some shit to say. It's great.
2: Yeah, it's uh, it's if you like horror things, it's talking to you and the things that you are expecting from a horror movie um and also if you are sort of i guess which like importantly now is this like hey horror movies have like kind of become this meditation elevated horror Mm -hmm. is is like taking on societal issues and what if we did that but it's funny Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) i can't like i don't know how to talk about this movie except that like After the first 20 minutes, it's like joke, 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 joke. You will not be disappointed. Dietrich Bader uh, is very (laughs) funny, has Uh like a very funny two scenes in this. Um, And uh, uh, the whole cast is great. Yeah. The whole
2: cast is like, I wanted to follow all of them on Twitter. And then very shortly after this movie, I deleted Twitter. But
0: hopefully it comes to streaming soon. I don't see it anywhere yet. Um, All right. So, what do we see next, Steph? Um, ooh, ooh, we're in we're in the the we're we're coming up on on where we are now, but we saw June nineteenth. Nope, um, nope, twenty ninth. Oh really? Yeah, we saw a little movie called Asteroid City.
2: Um, He's back, stuff. <laughs> what was? Do you remember the first time you saw a Wes Anderson movie?
0: Yeah, um, it was. Uh, yeah, in fact, I won tickets off the radio to go see a sneak preview of Rushmore. Have I ever told you that? <laughs> no. I was fucking like the nerd. I was like the tenth caller, and I didn't know what it was. And I even I saw it, and there was this other kid from my school who was there, and he I saw him in the lobby. It was at the mall, the the beautiful Wolf Chase Gallery in Cordova, mm-hmm. Memphis, mm-hmm. Tennessee, and isn't uh, uh, saw him like out outside the movie theater over by the you know by the um, merry-go-round.
1: And, um,
0: oh, there's no one, by the Johnny Rockets, please. Um, and, uh, and he was just like, yeah, he's like, it's kind of funny. <laughs> and like, again, I saw Royal Tenenbaums like right after that. And like, I remember talking to my friends, Sarah and Katie, uh, Kendallin, who I was in youth group with. And I was just like, I was like, I did like it. I just, I just think in and, and Sarah or Katie, one of them was like, it seemed like it should be funnier. Right. And I was like, <laughs> Yeah, like, it seems like it is funnier, but I'm not there yet. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh.
1: And I don't know if that's,
0: like, still the case, but, like, I don't, well, uh, but, sorry, what I mean to say is, like, I don't know if that actually was the case, or, like, actually, I haven't watched R- Royal Tenenbaum Zone. Eventually, I fell in love with it, and I fell in love with Rushmore, um, and I think that they're, like, perfect movies, and Life Aquatic is, like, four and a half star, you know? I think Grand <laughs> Budapest is, like, the only perfect movie he's made since those and I, and I went back and watched Bottle Rocket, which I loved. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I think it's been again. Grand Budapest is like his best movie to me since then, and everything else is like okay. But this I did really like. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I. What was your first? Uh, do you fuck with Wes Anderson?
2: <laughs> yeah, I do. I, I was just trying to like really put it together. I remember um, watching a not not a Wes Anderson movie. Um, I hurt Huckabees
0: mm.
2: with uh, my cousin, friend of the podcast. Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> my cousin, Mark <laughs> Friend Wahlberg, of the podcast, Mark Wahlberg. Friend of the podcast, Jill uh, uh, ch- You
0: can't see, you. we're chowing down on some Wahlburgers right now, courtesy. <laughs> of your Sorry, you're, you're three cousins. Right.
2: Because we can't of them, forget, right. Donnie D's
0: on the backup. Exactly. Drug free, so put the crack up. Um,
2: my cousin, friend of the podcast, Jill Warning. Um, hi, Jill. Hi. Uh, she showed me I Heard Huckabees, and I'm in high school, so the year is, like, 2004. It makes sense. I'm
0: firmly in college working at a video store when uh-huh. that movie comes out.
2: Uh-huh, um, And uh, I loved it, and she was like, oh, if you love it, you should watch. You should marry it. She said, you. <laughs> yeah. And and she kicked, you, she kicked some dirt in your face. We got married that day, actually. To the movie? Yeah, I'm wow, sorry. Congratulations. I should have told you no, earlier yeah. that I'm actually a You're Steph
0: Huckabees. Yeah. I know you would never do something so traditional as to take its last name.
2: (laughs) Um, and I feel like she was like, "You should watch Wes Anderson." And um, I guess this is maybe I don't know, I don't remember the timeline, but in my mind, then I like immediately watched uh uh
0: Life Aquatic,
2: Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou. That
0: was just a time guess. Yeah, Um, it's two thousand five. Well, okay, so yeah
2: it is so no. that must be um, and I loved Zuzu yeah. Zuzu like that was like, the first
0: one I saw in theaters
2: it was it was very much the the music choices of having mm-hmm. like the covers but also having the Bowie um, and like having that's
0: Sue George. you're gonna see him when we watch the movie City of God not for the podcast it's just one of my favorite movies and we're gonna watch <laughs> it sometimes he's, he's great in it it's a Portuguese, uh, Brazilian movie um, and he's great in it
2: yeah I'm really excited that was
0: Knockout Ned
2: so yeah, I um, that's my Wes Anderson tangent, and like since then, I guess nothing has really talked Zuzu for me. Interesting. Um, Zuzu even... was like,
0: even though I didn't think it was as good as those other two, it definitely was the first one. Where I was like, this is mine because yeah. I saw it in theaters, and I was like, you know, I dressed up like Steve Zuzu that Halloween. I still have that Zuzu shirt hanging in our closet. Uh-huh um
2: it was just it's such a specific point of view and it's so i feel like other things that i've seen him do are so anchored in the real world and zuzu is so anchored uh in its own world Um, i think that's
0: why i like grand budapest because it has all these wild action sequences yeah i see that um i see that moonrise kingdom is so like needlessly sort of uh Uh, tethered in a way. Uh Uh-huh. Even though, when I went back and watched Moonrise Kingdom, I liked it a lot. I haven't rewatched Isle of Dogs since the first time I saw it.
2: Oh, I would love to do that. I would also love to rewatch, Fantastic Mr. Fox. Yep, that's the one. Which came up last week on the podcast Mm -hmm. with Blender Mm Blue. Mm-hmm. Um, but Asteroid Asteroid City, City, I do think is a, um, it's a, it's a fun return to form. It is. It's, It's, um, It's, It's maybe
0: the best Jason Schwartzman... Well, he's great in Rushmore. It's it's the best adult Jason Schwartzman has ever had. And we I just really, talked about him for Spider-Man. He's having a summer.
2: Yeah, I really watching Jason Schwartz I, oh, I can't say his name. Watching Jason Jason Schwartz. Coppola. <laughs> you can just say
0: Coppola, <laughs> um,
2: made me uh appreciate like being able to watch someone move through so many phases of their life. Like, which in a obviously very parasocial way. Uh-huh. But, like, I was just like, oh, you've been a dad, like, since you were 17. Mm-hmm. And we've been watching you try to be a dad since you were 17. And finally now it's like he's there. Mm-hmm. He's arrived.
0: Um, he There's a scene in this movie where he auditions to be in the movie that you're watching, basically. (laughs) Uh I I don't know how to describe it without, you know, spoiling sort of the... It's not a spoiler, but it's just, like, this movie has a weird sort of layered premise where, like, Brian Cranston is sort of narrating the story of the time that this play went up, but you're watching this play as though it were a movie. Right. Um, And so there's a scene where it flashes back to him auditioning for the movie and it is a genuinely gripping performance from jason schwartzman a tra- an incredible transformation yeah like you see it happen uh and then tom hanks is great here mm-hmm. the cinematography is like my favorite wes anderson cinematography in a long time there is some incredible stuff done uh with like this set that they clearly yeah. just built so they could shoot this way uh there's a phone call between jason schwartzman and tom hanks early in the movie that is like the joint cinematography on oh, it. it's so I incredible
2: it. i love it so much um, um and also
0: just something this what I, the last thing that i want to mention about this movie is that it is like everyone's like oh wouldn't it be funny if wes anderson did a horror movie wouldn't it be funny if wes anderson did a <laughs> mm-hmm. this movie this is a wes anderson sci-fi movie yeah
2: this is this is what that would be <laughs> yeah
0: and uh and i uh, i did i really liked it i think i went four stars for this
1: Maybe.
2: Um, that feels right. Yeah. I'm a sucker for um like meta meditations on theater uh uh-huh. shit. Uh huh. And so like this just got me.
0: Yeah. Um, <laughs> recommend it. Yeah. Uh next, uh June thirtieth stuff, we went to see a movie called Indiana Jones and the uh, Dial of Destiny.
2: Surprise. I liked it.
0: Uh huh, I know. This is maybe my favorite one since uh uh, last crusade which i, I don't think this has ever been the general consensus opinion but it seems like lately whenever people talk about Indiana Jones they say their favorite Indiana yeah. Jones oh movie it's always been
2: fine. we we rewatched Raiders of the Lost Ark at some point over the pandemic and it was during that watch that i was like oh everything that i think that i love from this movie is not in this movie it's and it's actually last crusade last
0: crusade but this one um
2: I I went into this movie. Did, you saw the you saw the the one with the um, scorpions? Right?
0: Are you talking about four? <laughs> yeah. We, yeah. I the watched the refrigerator. It, and... Yeah, in the refrigerator. Now we watched it. Um, LaBeouf. So I, the first time I watched it, it was you know I used to work at Groupon and my work was so mind-numbingly dull that I would you know I had two computer screens and I would always have a movie going just in the corner of one of the screens. <laughs> and so that's how I watched this movie the first time. Uh-huh. Um, (laughs)
2: But it made so much sense
0: Not this movie rather But Indiana Jones 4 And then uh, And then uh, When I We Like the night before We went went and saw Dial of Destiny We tried to put it on Tried to I think halfway through We tapped out Shia is great You even like You backed up a little bit When you saw That there was a note That says that the refrigerator Is lead lined
2: (laughs) (laughs) I So okay the, The two things That I had remembered From it Were the refrigerator And the scorpions um and I did, seeing that it was lead lined. I was like, okay. They do you did... think
0: he's in Los Alamos?
2: Um, boy, is I guess a now, I guess now I do. <laughs> um, right. Um, that's a
0: Oppenheimer. We'll get to that.
2: But so that's the that's the mentality I had going into this movie, and I was pleasant... Oh wait, the other thing I want to say before I talk about it is that I think it was as we were watching it the night before that you sort of mused that like this mo- that that Indiana Jones 5 was going to start with an extended action D-aged. sequence featuring d aged Harrison Ford
0: <laughs> yeah um, to be clear i didn't muse it i i read it somewhere oh, oh okay <laughs> i knew I didn't know that part. <laughs> you thought that I just so guessed. I
2: thought that you had just like no, predicted. Like, and I was like, well, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And then they did
0: that. Like when we were planning out our day, I was like, all right, we got to th- get there about three. I don't want to miss the 25 minute opening action sequence with a DH Harrison Ford. <laughs> and then you thought that I just like nailed that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I really did.
0: <laughs> so, and, and we talked about this with our friend Sean Keller. But um, the most interesting part about that scene, and that scene is great. Like, yeah, yeah oh, that the scene thing is full is of like, it, it fucking works. It's 30 I, minutes of knock your dick in the dirt action. What doesn't work? is that they did not de-age his voice at all.
2: At all. And so it's
0: this growl coming out of this 25-year-old and man. And, like,
2: the thing is that we all famously won't get over, like, what he actually was like yeah. when he was yeah. that age. And so yeah, we're we still know making he movies doesn't about sound it. like it.
0: He's, like, a uh, fancy Sylvester Stallone for some <laughs> reason. Like, Sylvester Stallone keeps remaking his movies, but, like, uh-huh. his movies were all these shitty action movies. And, like, Harrison Ford was in the biggest movies of all time, and he still can't stop remaking them.
2: Um, but Phoebe is fun. Phoebe is great. Uh, the script is fun. They're like they're like the right kind of twists that like you know make you kind of care about them, but also like you know make it clear that everyone involved is a rascal. Um, they get to they get to acknowledging all of the like cultural theft that mm-hmm. happened over years, and that like it doesn't belong in a museum. Mm-hmm. It belongs to the people <laughs> to the they people. took it from.
0: Um, And Mads is great, and like the Act Five, like set piece is. Inc- I actually was like mouth agape in the theater that they okay. pulled us off. Okay,
2: so here's uh, we're gonna talk about it. Spoiler alert! And okay. if you don't want the spoiler, like jump ahead. I'll start
0: a timer. Jump ahead one minute. Okay, starting. Hang on. Don't don't jump ahead yet. Okay, spoilers for Indiana Jones Five starting. One now.
2: minute. Okay, so um, they fucking go back in time.
0: <laughs> they go back in time to the time of Michelangelo, right? Is it Michelangelo? Um, no,
2: it's Da Vinci. No, it's Da Vinci. Is it Da Vinci? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they, like, talk to him. No, because it's 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 earlier than that because the, the siege is happening. The siege of Rome is happening.
0: Wait, are we talking about the Ninja Turtles movie?
2: <laughs> they go back in time and they talk to him. And I don't know. It should be the cheesiest shit in the world. And it... It's not that it's not the cheesiest shit in the world. It's just that, like, at this point, you're looking at this eighty year old archaeology professor who spent his life in manuscripts, uh-huh. and you're like, "I'm really glad that you get this one, dude."
0: Archimedes.
2: Archimedes at the siege of Syracuse. He's not oh, one the Oh, right, because I've Charles. been I've been to Syracuse.
0: Though. It's incredible. I couldn't believe. Um, that it's they beautiful it off too, and and it, it um really works, and no one uh, dies of note. Okay, here we go. Welcome back. If you just, if you skipped <sighs> okay. ahead one minute, we're done talking about the spoilers for Act 5 of Indiana Jones.
2: Um, but I guess what I'm saying is like, that's a fun summer blockbuster. Yeah. Like that was, it was what I, it was whatever you wanted from an Indiana Jones movie. Like don't, don't like raise your expectations about it. But yeah. like, you know, if you if your expectations are that high, just go back and watch Temple of Doom.
0: Uh-huh.
2: <laughs> Or go back and watch Last Crusade. Um, don't watch Temple of Doom. We'll watch Last Crusade.
0: The Dial of Destiny but again Dial of Destiny could, could be like... about thirty minutes shorter, as most movies could. But um, it was it was great. I, I, I recommend it. Surprising even myself. Um, next up, I saw <laughs> a Mission Impossible movie in theaters for the first time since Mission Impossible Two. Wow. Have you ever seen a Mission Impossible movie in theaters? Certainly not. So this was your first one? Yeah. Wow. We watched all of them I just realized like that in my year. head
2: I've been considering Top Gun Maverick <laughs> <laughs> to be a Mission Impossible movie.
0: Um, this movie, uh, Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning is what they call it. I'm sure it's, well I don't think it's part one actually. But, cause no, I, I think the, it is. Oh, is it part one?
2: It's um, and then yeah, all the of these Reckoning fucking movies two. are, are two-parters. Um, and it was fun.
0: It was. So I ended up rating this movie like two and a half stars, and that's not a reflection of how much I enjoyed it, but it is a reflection of how terrible the script is. Um, if I told you that a lot of the script relies on um, sleight of hand magic <laughs> you'd in a be Mission like, Impossible movie,
2: someone needs to rein in Tom Cruise. Yeah. And the answer, and you'd be correct. You'd be
0: correct. Um, but then. um. The, uh, for some reason, every line of dialogue that Ving Rames has, I don't know if he's always been a bad actor and I just didn't know it, or if this dialogue is bad, or if Christopher Macquarie, the director, Something, doesn't know how like to direct Someone, an actor. Yeah,
2: someone used to be able to capture like more of his charisma. Yeah. And that is not. Now, every line
0: anymore. he says, you can like see it in the Courier New font on a screenplay.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh-huh. um, but. And that's not you. Don't care. Like you're not listening for my opinion on Mission Impossible because you're deciding whether or not to see Mission Impossible. You're either going to see it or you're not. So who gives a fuck?
2: Like this is a fine the, one. The action you know? sequences
0: are great. Uh, there are like a number of great action sequences. It in this balances movie.
2: all of that shit with with like he runs like the and that dumb Tom Cruise run.
0: Yeah, Carrie Elwiz is there. Um, there's
2: this is another movie though that like I don't maybe we didn't know that it was a. Uh, um, part one when we were watching it, but there were like nine different times that I thought it was going to end.
0: I definitely thought it was going to end way earlier than it did. Yeah, um, and it, it, it wasn't too long or anything, but
2: but it just doesn't. That you, was the... you can earn a you can earn a two part movie. None of these movies have earned a two part movie.
0: I just want to mention that that was the movie. Um, we brought Jimmy John sandwiches into the movie
1: theater. <laughs> this is great.
0: And then I, I go and sit down at our seats, and we're sitting directly next to like a clearly just off-duty AMC employee
2: who's like seventy-five years old and working this job in retirement. He's for like the probably perks.
0: sixty, but yeah, no, he. And I know that because he tells he tells me afterwards. Oh, okay. He goes, he goes, you know, what the best part about this job is free movies. He goes, I just work here one day a week, I get to see all the free movies I want. I was like, oh, great, love that for you. So, and yeah, I could re- I, I realized at a certain point he didn't care if I ate my sandwich. So I just ate my sandwich next to him. Um, anyway, that was that was Mission Impossible. Check it out. Um, next was a, a, a we saw a movie called Joy Ride, stuff.
2: <gasps> a fun time at the movies. Great
0: movie. Uh, I'm sure you have seen a trailer for this because yeah, and unfortunately that's sort of the problem with it. Yeah, but...
2: unfortunately, if you've seen the trailer, you've seen like a lot, a lot of, of the, set the best um, punchlines, and a lot like you've seen basically all of the set pieces. Um, but these
0: performances are incredible. They're great.
2: Like every, each of these um, actors is just like doing b- better work than they need to be for what the movie asks of them. But like, they're all going so hard. Um, it is, we are living in the era of Stephanie Shu, and we're all better for it.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. Stephanie Hsu is is incredible in this. Uh, there's this woman named sorry let me try that again. There's this person named Sabrina Wu who plays uh, Deadeye, Eye, uh, <laughs> who is one of the main characters' cousins. She's and they I think I think Dead as well is yeah. Is they, them. Uh, and uh, are
2: just like a fucking show stealer. Yeah. Both in terms of of comedy, but then also like secretly in heart. <laughs> yeah. They're just like. They swoop in. The thing... Okay, the things about this movie are that there are some pieces of it that that feel like um, it's the, you know, buddy um, road trip movie that you've seen a million times before. And even I feel like like the the casting of Ashley Park in that role mm-hmm. is playing into that. Like, I don't know that she was in a high school musical movie, but, like, might as well have been. Um, and... Uh, I do know that she's in that um, that Paris show.
0: Emily in Paris. Yeah. yeah she's apparently the original Gretchen Wieners on uh, Broadway for Mean Girls.
2: Oh yeah, 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 yeah. but that's what I mean is that like she's exactly that stereotype. Um, but then she she also sort of like takes that to an interesting place. Mm-hmm. Um, and the movie sort of takes like this idea that you come in with of what this is gonna be and then like, tells its own story yeah. with it. Um and I don't know that it like it wasn't like a flawless execution. Like it it, right. it is bumpy in times, but like I enjoyed the hell out of it. Yeah. And it's, I laughed out loud a lot.
0: <laughs> it's great and like you should if that's still playing in a theater near you, go support like an Asian woman led comedy. Yeah. Um
2: and like that's not why you it's just it an enjoyable
0: movie. movie. Um, all right, Steph. So next, the next is we, we, we did it.
2: <laughs> we're here.
0: We did it. We, we, we're not quite here. We have three movies left, but two of them are sort of inextricably linked, I think, for the rest of time.
2: We've reached the Barbenheimer. We've
0: reached the Barbenheimer. Um, we did Barbie first. Uh, uh, the listener knows this. Our preferred um, uh, theater style is the Dolby at the you get, AMC, you get those
2: sweet reclining you seats. You get
0: reclining seats. You get vibrating sound, rumble, <laughs> sound, rumble pack sound, um, and the the boy the 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 colors stuff on the screen they're crisp. They're so, the blacks are so black. The the the, the, the fire fires are so fire. The other yeah, <laughs> so fire. <laughs> and uh, and so we were not able to do like a true Barbenheimer because of that, because like Oppenheimer was only playing in Dolby like one time a day, in one theater. And uh, Barbie was like playing the night showings in Dolby and they had like, there's only one Dolby theater in there's one in Skokie, Illinois, you know, where I was in a barbershop quartet, you know that. (laughs) And then there's one in uh, downtown uh, Chicago at the River East. (laughs) And so we sort of had to, nobody cares. But the point is we weren't able to do a true (laughs) Barbenheimer and that we had to like balance it out by day. Um we did so we did Barbie first, opening night.
2: Opening night.
0: Now and we when we, we didn't went, have when we I saw don't... Joyride, okay, they you. were doing a sneak preview
2: yeah.
0: uh, of Barbie. It was and like... down the
2: hall they had one of those Barbie boxes where you could take it was two days pictures. Early. And we saw there were maybe like eight women mm-hmm. Do, all of whom looked incredible. Pink on I pink that, on pink. Like, but not even just pink. It was like pink, but then there was like a purple sparkle. Yeah. You know, it was like it was well balanced. Yeah. Everyone like took it to 11. Um, It was just great. It was It was thrilling to see. And I was like, no need to bother. These women have it. I'm wearing pajama pants. Not really, but I'm th- yeah. wearing Costco linen pants. Yeah, and uh, we'll do we'll do our pictures when we go to Barbie. And then we didn't have a Barbie box.
0: There were no bar- there was no Barbie I box was for disappointed. us. Um, here, okay. here's what here's what I want to say about Barbie. Here, here's well, I guess I'll lead with this. Here are the things. That, here are the Oscars. I think Barbie should be nominated for. <laughs> yeah. Best Picture. Yes. Best Director. Yes. Best. I'm sure they'll have to do adapted screenplay for some reason because it's like adapted from the story of Barbie or something.
1: God, that's.
2: I mean, yeah, but like that... it's a very original screenplay. But, yeah, okay.
0: Um, Margot Robbie, yes. Ryan Gosling, yes. Doesn't need to win, but um, Margot Robbie is in contention. Is in contention. Should needs to be so far. Um, and uh, yeah, it's incredible. The screenplay is incredible. Uh, it's it's very funny. It's like very touching. Um, like there is moment... she pulled it off.
2: Um. So, like, when they they move from Barbieville to Realville, um, and it's, like, in, like, a sequence of... It's, like, a montage. They have to, like, go through, like, a sequence of, like, you know, different costumes and backgrounds and whatever. And one of them involves driving in a car, and they're singing the Indigo Girls Closer to Fine. And I, like, that was the moment that I was just like, oh, right, I'm the target demographic. <laughs> <laughs> um. There, there are, there are parts of this movie that just feel a little bit like um, being slapped in the face with a head of kale. Like
0: the worst parts of She-Hulk.
2: Yeah, and like I don't.
0: There's... Even though I think She-Hulk's incredible, there are some parts where it's like, oh, okay, you needed to get, you needed to yeah. get the monologue in. But... Yeah,
2: like there's, there's this monologue that America Ferreira has, um, and she does it incredibly well she does the like she's great in this movie i love that she has become like one of our like millennial uh elders
0: yeah Yeah. she's
2: great um and and like she really does like have i think a voice of our generation but even even with all of those things going for it like even i am sort of like "Eh, okay we get it
0: yeah yeah. Um, um and, and, that, just, and that's just like one moment in the movie where it's just like, oh, it's sort of I, just you, wish, I get it, you had to do this mission statement. I <laughs> wish
2: that they had I wish that they had let the movie have the mission statement, but not tell us the mission statement. But
0: then like part of the whole I mean, you've either seen this movie or you don't care, so I'm just gonna say it. Part of the whole premise of the, the later acts of the movie is that they have to tell all the Barbies right. the stuff in order to basically radicalize them against the patriarchy.
2: But like I would, so okay, I was <laughs> I mean, thinking how, about this. How
0: awesome <laughs> is that? <laughs> <laughs> I
2: mean, yeah. And like no wonder Ben, Sh- Ben, what's his face, fucking hates this thing. We don't Shapiro. have to say his, uh, Yeah, sorry, <laughs> we don't have to call him. And, um, Ben
0: Shapiro, Ben Shapiro, Ben Shapiro. Oh my god! Ah!
2: <laughs> <laughs> I can see how big that was <laughs> on the recording. I'll try and fix it. <laughs> um, it just came from the soul, you know. Yeah. Um, I can see why they hate it, and like I don't. That's delightful to me, I guess. Um, yeah, I just, I would, I like, I wish, I keep wishing that they would have like just had that sequence and like just let like all of those little snippets and montage oh, yeah, thing, like of speak her for telling it. all the Barbies rather yeah. than
0: the monologue, right, where she has to get original Barbie, the stereotypical Barbie, to, uh, to sort of get up off the ground. Yeah. Um, kind but of, okay. like that
2: being said. I fucking love this movie and it was a delight and and like it it felt like 1994
0: <laughs> gosling's incredible and the ken twist is great like that the reason it doesn't feel like 90, 1994 is because it's a third wave feminine third wave feminism sure, movie. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah yeah it's like moved <laughs> but, past that
0: um uh gosling's whole storyline is incredible um and uh, uh, I want to talk about Kate McKinnon. Please. Because Kate McKinnon, to me, is in a Wizard of Oz movie.
1: Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> and, like, that she, like, rolls up, like, the um, the things in Return to Oz. <laughs> like, the, the big, like, skating <laughs> uh-huh. clown things. Uh, she's incredible in this.
2: I saw someone talk about how, um, for... The Like, when we first meet her, she's weird Barbie, and she's been, like, played with too hard Mm -hmm. by a little girl. And um, when we first meet her, she's, like, truly just weird. It's like, you know, like, her body's at, like, fucky angles, Uh and her hair's been, like, pulled out, and she's been colored on and stuff and, like, cut up. Um, And then when we come back to the Barbie land and the dudes have taken over at that point she has this like glam military look with like one of those huh. like faux hawk braid mm-hmm. things and like a gun and whatever. And that the difference is that like, that's the male perspective of like what a weird woman would be.
1: Uh-huh.
2: Um, and that is like, I fucking, that's great. <laughs> it totally is that and I like, I didn't, you know? Yeah.
0: Interesting. Interesting. Um it's great.
2: We're looking at pictures of it now.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um it's, it's great. Michael Sarah, I don't know why he needed to be there. I don't know why there were so many jokes they about pregnant to... midge being so weird. Right.
2: I don't like um
0: <laughs> Like I love the Allen joke. It was fine. The, it it look, was right. This it was, was fine. this is a this was a four stars for me. <laughs> um and uh yeah, I I do think it should be nominated for Best Picture. Yeah. It was um, it was
2: a movie. It was a great movie.
0: Now let's talk about the Inheimer. <sighs> Okay. I barely know her. First of all, <laughs> but um, second of all, uh, yeah, we went and saw Oppenheimer. We went at eleven a.m. because that was the that was the the last day we had plans to see it on the penultimate day we could have seen it. Uh-huh. Uh, you got stuck in a doctor's appointment. We had it to did. cancel, and we went at eleven a.m. the next day. We brought Jimmy John sandwiches
2: again. And and the first thing I have to say is like hard recommend an eleven a.m. I loved it. It was like summer was camp nice, for some reason. It was yeah. like
0: I just had lunch and watched this three three hour movie.
2: I was thinking about. Um, writing out this Instagram thing, and um, I didn't, but here's what it said. It's, a few people have asked, so here's my review of Oppenheimer. I'm proud to be a socialist from Joseph McCarthy's hometown, and it thrills me to see and support future generations of socialists. There you
0: go.
2: Um, Also, Ludwig Gornsson can get it.
0: Oh my god. Okay, so... <laughs> I've heard it referred to... Well, the music does not stop in this movie. And it, it's to the... I told you this afterwards. This is, this is a movie that we talked about for an hour already. Yeah. Just you and me. But um, the the music so doesn't stop that at a certain point, I was like, can the music fucking stop so I can hear some dialogue? <laughs> but
2: that's the whole... It's... It but is, then eventually
0: I got back on board and I was like, no, it's just like breathing through the movie yeah, and just keeping it is. It is It
2: is so conscious of trying to make your experience of watching the movie like the experience of having the anxiety or having the um weight or stress or whatever that the characters are feeling it's like very concerned with letting you experience the movie emotionally in that way yeah um and does it so beautifully well
0: it's um so the the composer And I thought the whole time that the composer was Hans Zimmer. I even, like, so this is the only, okay, so when I first heard about this movie, Steph, Mm -hmm. and it was announced that Christopher Nolan's next movie was going to be a 180-minute-long feature (laughs) about Robert uh, Robert Oppenheimer, I was just like, great, okay, so I can skip that one. And then we saw the trailer, and this is the first, I I think the first time ever that the music in a trailer has sold me on the movie, because it had that Uh Uh Which is like, sounds like a, sounds kind of like a bomb or like a, just a radioactive noise. And like,
1: and
2: like you are a person who not just like tries to avoid, not just doesn't watch trailers, but like actively tries to avoid. Like if we get to a movie when there are still trailers showing, you will like pull out your phone and distract myself, distract yourself. And, and once I
0: know I want to see a movie, I don't want to see a trailer for it at all.
2: But this is but this is a trailer that has been like fucking dominating our lives as <laughs> at AMC, and the music is like you can't escape it. And
0: again, this whole time I thought it was I thought it was Hans Zimmer. And even when we saw the movie, I thought it was Hans Zimmer, and I came to find out afterwards that it was a guy who I had been in love with for years named Ludwig Goransson. Uh, he does the Black Panther score. He does all the music on Community. Uh, he does um, the theme song to The Mandalorian, and I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure the, the all the incidental music on The Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. Um, he is absolutely incredible. He's been incredible for Creed, his score on Creed that's like has touches of Bill Conti's score from Rocky, and like the same way that like. Um, the the music in Mandalorian has touches of John mm-hmm, Williams' uh-huh. music, and the same way that his work here has touches of Hans Zimmer. He's like the,
2: he's um, uh, adapting like he's he's using adaptation as its own art form. Yeah,
0: but also like his musical community that's just like the very cute like mm-hmm. like it's like um you know sort of just like background music that you think of like I don't know, I think of like Glockenspiels and whistling and stuff. And mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. and it's it's very good. Like I have just he's he's gonna win his first Oscar for this movie.
2: I love that. And
0: uh and I'm very excited about it. This movie's also gonna win the sound editing well I don't know with all the music and dialogue okay, happening at the same time let's I'm just talk gonna... about
2: the Oscars that we pitched for this movie? Um, for this movie. Alright.
0: Picture. Sure. Director. Sure. Um adaptive screenplay. Sure. Um Kelly Murphy. Gotta no question. Um Rob Downey Jr. Probably. Probably a front runner at this point, probably a career Oscar. It's a
2: great I didn't I didn't know that he was gonna be there and um his performance I I didn't recognize him at first. Yeah. Like his performance he's uh, is bigger than his persona, which I mean, is very don't get impressive.
0: Wrong, he's very RDJ in it.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean I got there and I got there very quickly. But like at first I was like, Oh, like who's the senator? Uh, not not Hubba <laughs> Hubba, who's the senator? Who's the senator? I love that hairline. <laughs> um no, but but I was just like, Who is like the intensity of it? Um I, what I really want to talk about is David Crumholtz. I was going
0: to say, The return yeah. of
2: David Crumholtz. This
0: was our... Um, I can tell we're almost done, so I'm taking a gummy for the listeners. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, Krumholtz is, was sort of both of our dark dark horse picks for, like, who would be fun to be nominated for an Oscar for this movie. He's, he has just a couple little scenes, and they're great.
2: And he's got that role of, um, like, moral center... And like, and like the type of, um, you know, the people in your life who believe something and then like stick to it. And then you look to them and the fact that they stuck to it and you're like, God damn, I gotta be like that. Mm-hmm. Like he plays that role for Oppenheimer mm-hmm. in a couple of like really important moments and, and like does it. It's, he, he, it's a great performance. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, you know I'm sort too of in
1: the gummy.
0: <laughs>
2: I'm just trying. The thing is that, like, if you if you're interested in seeing this movie, see this movie.
0: If you're not if interested you're... in female performances, Ooh. see this movie. And <laughs> 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 M- oh, oh, what Emily else? Emily
2: Blunt has
0: nudity's back.
2: Oh yeah, I mean, Florence
0: in, Pugh is almost not clothed to the, in the, for the entirety of her role. In this Right, in this movie. and it's
2: like it doesn't need to. There's, oh, there's like I can see why on paper christopher nolan thinks it needs to be there and like i can see there's like i he th- we, i see how what he thinks it leads to
0: see we talked about this afterwards that i think there was a perfect opportunity to then show th- there's an opportunity where oppenheimer is being berated by the board you know about this affair that he had with this woman and i think it would have been the perfect opportunity to, to then have killian do full frontal as right. sort of a and, like
2: be vulnerable yes sort of an answer way. to all the
0: nudity that florence pugh had to do and
2: i But, like, it's just not. I know that. And
0: by the way, if you haven't seen the movie, it probably sounds absolutely ridiculous that I think Killian should do full frontal in this (laughs) review board scene. But actually, yeah. Like, the problem is that there is nudity in this scene, and it's the wrong. I think it's just the wrong kind of nudity. It's
2: just, and it doesn't ever, like, really achieve the thing. Also, it's kind of the only instance of, like, using the particular film languages that it's using there that, that the movie uses and so like it doesn't really sit super well with all the rest of it. Um you were gonna
0: talk about Emily Blunt. I
2: was gonna talk about Emily Blunt because she has a lot of fun and like doesn't
0: fun is not what I would call it she has in this movie. She's like a surly I mean, drunk she, for a lot, I, a for lot most of, of it. like
2: acting fun. Like yeah, 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 she like yeah, yeah. she's like doing <laughs> yeah. stuff, you know? Yeah. She's I mean yeah, she's a surly drunk. So it's not fun. Right. But but um it's a great performance. She's another one of... She's another character who, like, you know, sticks to what's right and, and like, makes him stick to what's right um, and uh, just doesn't really get enough to work with. Yeah. Um, which is frustrating.
0: Yeah. Um, but... So
2: I guess I think, like, if you want to see this movie, see this movie. And if you were like, oh, that's not for me, you're probably right.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think the my top four for the year right now are... Um, Sisu, Barbie, Oppenheimer, and Across the Spider-Verse. Hmm. If I'm missing something... Hang on, let me check my letterbox to see if I'm missing anything there. Um, But yeah, I mean, if there's something else there yet, I can't think of what it would be.
2: I gotta see what's on your letterbox, but I think I'm... I think Joyride... I got Joyride over Oppenheimer.
0: Let's see. So I'm just gonna sort by... My highest rating, and it is yeah. it's across the Spider Verse with four and a half stars at number one. Oh, living. living, which is a twenty twenty two movie, is also a four and a half stars. So was, good. Maybe we talked about that on Oscars, the movie, uh-huh. the podcast, I believe. Um, Oppenheimer and Barbie both at four stars. Asteroid City at four stars. Guardians at four stars. And Sisu at four stars. Mm-hmm. And then there's a lot of movies from last year.
2: There you have it. Um, but we do have one more movie to talk about. We have about. one more
0: movie to talk about. Uh, and it's, uh, would you, would you believe the same people are behind it as Joyride? Uh, <laughs> Seth and Evan. Yeah. Seth, Seth Rogen, Evan Goldberg are behind both of those movies. Uh, and it's a movie called Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Mutant Mayhem. Scott. Mutant Mayhem! <laughs> I had to do it as Sprank the Whisper. Um, Hi, but, uh, this is a, so we saw this, this is our most recent movie. We saw this about two nights ago, Stuff.
2: Yeah, I was, um, hot off, uh, some final exams. Mm-hmm. And uh, we... Talk
0: about a game time decision. I I picked you up. Yeah, literally. Scooped you up. We went to the early access screening.
2: I texted it. I was like, hey, I'm on on my way home. And you were like, we could make it. Yeah. (laughs) If we go now. Yeah. Uh, uh, and, and we, we did. got and we got a, a beautiful movie it.
0: poster for our troubles.
2: Um, yeah, it was fun. It was like a.
0: a... <laughs> so here's the thing: the turtles are young now. Yeah, the turtles were never teenagers in any really any other iteration. That is something that's always bothered me because we never talk about that they're teenagers. Right, they're teenagers, um, and they are turtles. very much teenagers in this, and it's it's um, it works and, and in a good way. They're like young teenagers. They're yeah. like and and you think that would be a weird adjustment? Like one of them has a little. Um, like, uh, Jacob, uh, uh, what's his name? from Tremblay? Broom. Yeah, little Jacob Tremblay voice. little, <laughs> uh, is it we... Raph? Yeah, a little Raphael. I think it is. No, well... it's not Raph, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's, no, it's, it's uh, Donatello. Donatella has a little baby voice. Yeah, Raph is the one with all the muscle milk.
2: Oh yeah, yeah and like okay. gets all buff. Um, one of them has braces, and we haven't talked about this because the whole thing of the movie is that they don't,
0: they don't interact. With <laughs> so we're you so his braces? We're forced to assume that Splinter, like, like,
2: so like one of them has glasses, <laughs> and I can get that. Like maybe you would like Got some steal the glasses, yeah. or yeah, like we see them like going to get food. <laughs> you have to like have braces
0: installed very much. I had them to add it done to me when I was a kid. <laughs> Uh, he's, like, not going getting him tightened up or anything, no. getting rubber bands on him. Wow, that's incredible. I didn't even think about that.
2: I thought about it the whole time, but so, only because the rest of the movie was so good. Yeah, the point is so that, that, um... It's, like, everything that I, I... I grew up as, like, you know, we can find pictures, I'm sure, of times that you dressed up as a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. I, work. myself, I think it was uh, Halloween 2006. <laughs> um... Maybe 2008.
0: I maybe have a Ninja Turtle costume sitting in that bedroom right now.
2: Maybe who knows? What
0: what happens in our bedroom is not your business. Wow, that's not. No, that's not what happened. <laughs> uh,
2: but it's it was Could be. it really scratched. Wow. Sorry, <laughs> we got we
0: got to wrap this up. Uh, it really scratched, <laughs> it really scratched what? <laughs> Here, hang on. Hang on. Go, go ahead.
2: It was really. Satisfying. No, nope. <laughs> <laughs> it was really great. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. Yeah,
0: you were pleasure. A you were pleasure about nope. the whole thing was... from, from all ends. Okay. Um, no, I uh, no. What, the, what I all I wanted to say is that you you do you, within the first two minutes you are on board with the younger turtles.
2: Oh yeah, and you're like, why hasn't it always been this way?
0: Because and then there's a part of this movie where like so April who's played by Ayu Itabiri who is. Uh, having she, a moment. She re- truly is having a moment. Like here. I really want to, I, I want to look up real quick while we're here. Like all the things that she has done this summer. Um, she is like she's on the here. Hang on. So she's on Big Mouth. She voices Missy on Big Mouth. She's on Abbott Elementary. Currently, she's on The Bear. Uh, she's in theater camp. Um, she is in Spider Man Across the Universe. Uh, she is in History of the World Part Two. Abbott Elementary. Clone High. I think you should leave. Black Mirror. Uh, yeah, Paul's with Sam J. The, the the point is, Iota Berry is on the come up, and she is playing April and Neil in this movie, and uh, she's great. She you just watch out for her because she's so funny. She has such a natural way of being funny. I think she's going to have whatever yeah. she wants in the next five years.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. But there is a uh, where was I going talking about April? Oh, there's a part of this movie where she's they're like. They're like, hey, April, you know, she's like following them, helping them break it. They're helping her break a story and she's helping them like she's going to show the world that they're heroes so that they won't yeah. be scared of the turtles. And so they're like, oh, film is doing this. And then they start doing like <laughs> TikTok meme shit for like the next 30 seconds. And it's none of it is references that I get. And it took me a second to realize that. And then it took me another second to be like, oh, good. I should not get the references right. in a teenager's Ninja the movie. This this it's movie is for ten year olds and yeah. these references should be for ten yeah. year olds. Uh and it's great. There's a there's a joke I really liked in the movie that I'll spoil because it's not it's not a joke that's like on front street in the movie. It's a joke that we found. <laughs> uh and it's a part where like she calls them on the phone and she has they're like, So if you have like one question for us, you know, you can ask us and she flips through a list of questions that she has. <laughs> and one of the questions that we that I saw is, Did you get COVID? <laughs> Um, but it's it's very funny. So uh, Ice Cube is the villain here. Ugh. and it's a great who performance. I never
2: thought that I would love Ice Cube. Like All the
0: that. other performances in this movie are kind of surp oh, I should mention Jackie Chan. Yeah, there is Splinter and he's incredible. And he's
2: great. And it like who there's a great um Splinter joke in Joyride that I think was in the trailer. <laughs> he's a great father. He's a great father. <laughs> and he is a great father. Um and we were, this is what we were talking about, that there are so many cameos in this movie and they're all superfluous. Yeah. Like, like. They like, could have
0: cut a lot of this movie down. Like, and I, and I, it's, Io it's something... and the
2: kids and Jackie are like the heart of this movie. Absolutely. And everyone else. And Ice Cube. And Ice
0: Cube. And then there's like a bunch of other Ninja Turtles characters and there that are, are just voiced by around. like John Cena and Rose Bird and Seth Rogen. Right. And it's like. A,
1: Paul Rudd. Like a Paul Rudd, I who was who arguably but the like, most in the movie.
0: Right. Um, but so much of this movie is like, when I, and when they dropped the cast list, when they first announced this movie, I was like, oh, that's way too much. <laughs> this is too much. And it does feel like a little too much, but the heart of the story is like
2: solid. It's good.
0: Yeah. Um.
2: That's our summer at the movies. That's been our
0: summer at the movies so far, stuff I mean, we're, we're going to go see The Meg 2 sometime in the next few days. <laughs> Let's see what else is coming up. I
2: am very excited for The Meg 2.
0: So The Meg 2 is now in theaters um and then we'll be going to see uh let's see uh i might go see gran turismo who knows that's the movie about the guy who becomes a race car driver after being really good at it at video games
2: oh yeah
0: it's like the last starfighter for real blue, <laughs> blue beetle is coming i'm so intrigued by that because I, wish
2: I was more excited even
0: though the trailers are doing absolutely nothing for me yeah um james gunn said that it's not the first dcu movie but the blue beetle is the first dcu character and oh. I gotta see this movie just to learn what that means. <laughs> uh, Meg2 coming Strays with Will Ferrell and Jamie Foxx voicing dogs that hump things. I've never been less excited about a movie. Will I end up seeing it? I don't know. Um, apparently, Helen Mirren is playing Gold of My Year in a movie coming
1: oh, no. up. Uh, no.
0: But I don't think we're gonna see that. Uh, oh, Expendables 4, not gonna see that. Um, is this good content? Is this good content? <laughs> um i'm just looking at oh the haunting in venice we'll we'll probably see
2: yeah like what are we excited for
0: that's what i'm trying to figure out oh the extra we'll see the next exorcist movie in october um the marvels is in november i'm really
2: excited for the marvels
0: and yeah i don't know we'll see that walk movie none of this is so really the last summer movies left are the meg and uh blue beetle
2: if anyone ever wants to watch the meg let me know. I'm oh, boy. In... We, I love like, the
0: Meg. We've watched it. I've watched, So we've watched it twice. I watched it in theaters before I even met you. <laughs> um, and it's I, I genuinely think it's an underrated movie. It's so stupid and so fun. Yeah, and I'm beautiful. very excited to see Meg 2, The Trench, in <laughs> theaters now. Uh, and this podcast is sponsored by Meg 2, The Trench. Please. Um, Steph, that's been our summer. We're going to be back, hopefully, next week with our Tenacious D and the Pick of Destiny episode. It's
2: um, going to be epic.
0: It's going to be... Pun intended. Epic. Um... Anything else, Steph?
2: Not, I mean, thank you to um, our Queen Nicole.
0: Thank you, our Queen Nicole. Uh, what, what can we plug? Um am going to the beach. If you're uh, hearing this, uh, before August 11th, come to the roast of Elvis in Memphis at the High Tone. We're doing that Ooh, yay, in Elvis. Yeah. Uh, and then we're also doing um, roast of Barbie in Louisville, September 1st and 2nd. And then September 3rd, that's the first time I'm announcing this anywhere, uh, we are doing a pilot taping. Uh, for Character Assassination, we'll be filming two shows of The Roast of Guy Fieri, September 3rd, Labor Day weekend, at the Laugh Factory. You can get your tickets to all those shows now, and uh, we just appreciate your support. Thanks for listening, us. Sorry we didn't have a musical episode out.
2: We appreciate, um, you know, that you are just... Here, listening to us, have some dumb fun anyway.
0: So we'll see you next time with Tenacious D and the Pick of Destiny on musical, the movie, the podcast. Bye. Summer mu- podcast. blockbuster. Summer blockbuster. The movie, the Summer blockbuster. The movie, the with family.
1: Steph. <laughs> fun dumb.